You're listening to the Million Dollar Sellers Podcast with your host, Nick Chouquette. Today's show features another amazing entrepreneur who has found success online. Now, let's learn what it takes to be a million dollar seller. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is the Million Dollar Sellers Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Chouquette. Today, we've got Mike Perillo on the call. Did I say that right, Mike? Yeah, you did, man. You're all good. <laughs> I always want to say it like, uh, I always want to make it like fancy, like Perillo or something <laughs> like that. <man. laughs> yeah, no, I, I, yeah, it's just Perillo. <laughs> Nothing okay. fancy there. <laughs> so, man, um, I know you've been MD, in MDS for a little while. You and I actually met at a like an arbitrage-focused conference a couple yeah. of years ago in Chicago. Um, yep. and I think I had a different MDS hat on and you came That's exactly how I recognized, or that's how I was like, Whoa, that's an MDS hat. What's up. And then at that time I wasn't, I didn't, you know, there were so many people in that group. I didn't know who was who, but you know, like I met you and then, yeah, we've worked together on some stuff. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a cool experience, man. Cause I didn't expect to see anyone there with it just being <laughs> such an arbitrage focus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, for those of the, for those listeners that don't really know you, like, just go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit and, uh, and we'll go from there, man. All right. Yeah. Uh, as uh, you mentioned, my name is Mike Perillo. I've been an MDS, I think since like 2017, uh, I got in through, uh, Brandon Young. Uh, I was at, I think it was at ASD Las Vegas and we were like, there was a bunch of us like smashed in an Uber going somewhere and he <laughs> mentioned something about a million dollar Facebook group. And I was like, wait, what? And at the time, I, yeah, I was doing, I think I was doing like about around like 1.5 mil. So I was like, I didn't know something like that existed. You know, that's cool. And I got in and stuff, but um, yeah, the way I got started, um, I probably got a little different story than everybody else. I didn't really go the arbitrage route. Um, like a lot of people are wholesale. Um, I got in through print on demand uh, and that's been kind of like, I'm still, I think I'm still kind of one of the, I don't know, pioneers of it. I, I started doing it in 2006. Um, I was working at Google as an IT tech and I was commuting like an hour and a half each way. And I was like, man, I need to figure out how to make more money because I had a bunch of debt. I think I was like 24 at the time. And uh, I, I had done like side IT work, like built computers for people. But the problem was like, nobody was going to meet me in the Denny's parking lot at like 11 PM at night to buy a computer off me. So kind of the mantra was, man, I need to figure out how to make money while I sleep. Um, and uh, I had a little bit of experience in like fixing broken equipment, like all kinds of things, but not really like printers. But I, I bought like a broken large format printer that can print like these giant posters off Craigslist. And I figured out how to fix it, which was kind of it took me like a month or two. And at that point, I didn't even know how to print. I didn't know how to use Photoshop. I had no idea. But um, I like I figured all that out. I got the thing to spit out something interesting. And then I started selling on eBay in 2006. And uh, what ended up happening is, is like, I don't know, maybe like once a year or twice a year, like my friends would come to me and be like, hey, you can print on coffee mugs. Can you or sorry, you can print on posters. Can you print like coffee mugs? And I'd be like, give me like three weeks. And I go out and I buy broken equipment and bring it home. I'd figure out what was wrong with it. I'd fix it. And then all of a sudden I'd figure out how to make a product out of it. And it was like at the time, the goal was to just like maybe open like a print shop or something. But I I wanted to the way these machines work is you got to keep them printing or else the ink dries up and the machine's dead. So I figured out these like stupid designs, like I could launch on like eBay 
and they worked and I would sell a couple a day and then a couple became like 10 and then a couple became like 50 and then a couple became like a hundred. And I just kept repeating this process. So, um, and I was still working full time up until about 2011. Um, I'd been laid off a few times cause the it world out here in Silicon Valley was kind of like that. Um, and in 2011, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do this full time. I had like friends and family working in the business and like some, like a few employees at the time. And I'm like, all right, let's try to give this a shot. Let's see what we can do. Cause we were doing, like I said, we were doing at that point, you're probably doing like a mill, maybe like 1.2 selling $20 t-shirts and $20 coffee mugs on Amazon and eBay at that point. So it's kind of like, okay, well, let's see how this goes. And then, yeah, they just kind of kept going. We can get into later what happened like later on after I came into MDS, but yeah, that's kind of the uh, like initial story. I think I started with like, actually I had a partner originally I put 200 bucks in and that's how I started this business and he put 200 in and then maybe like four months after that I ended up buying them out because he didn't have time to do any of this stuff so and then that's kind of how it came to be nice man did you um ever try anything entrepreneurial before or was this your first shot I mean, I had sold computers and stuff like that a while, like probably when I was, I think when I was in college, I was kind of into, uh, I was really into music and stuff. So I tried to get like a wholesale account with um, Boss, which is a stomp pedal brand for a guitar, but the margins were awful. Like, and I had like nowhere to sell them and like online was kind of a thing, but like the prices on eBay for this stuff are like so low and I was like, I'm never going to make any money like that. But yeah, I mean, over the years, I did a lot of computer fixing, um, building machines for people. When I was, I remember when I was like 14, I tried to get a job doing IT work. <laughs> I would call companies around here and be like, because I was really good at computers. I built I built my first computer when I was like in second grade. So, wow. um, and then when I was in like sixth grade, the, the school hired me to like redo all their computer systems and everything. And back then it was like, 486 windows machines like not really any internet i think they were dialing into something but yeah so maybe a little bit of an entrepreneurial bug my dad um my dad was like that too he's a jack of all trades he had his own business but he never had a he never had a brick and mortar he always did everything out of his house so okay well man i've I've got uh my son is in second grade and he's not building any freaking computers (laughs) so we're gonna have to have a talk (laughs) <laughs> yeah my my dad was an i like a electronics tech so he used to take me to these um they're like electronics flea markets they call them swap meets and like okay. we'd have to get up at like 4 a.m and drive like two hours and it's like you know you get out there and it's like 6 30 in the morning it's cold you know i'm a little kid and i'm like running around <laughs> like trying to find like a motherboard for my computer and like everybody was always pretty cool because i was like a little kid so i was like the anomaly yeah. They're like, wait, you know, are you buying for your dad? I'm like, no, I need this 486 motherboard. I've got eight megabytes of RAM <laughs> at home and I need this. And they'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I don't know if that helped. Maybe I got some deals, but um, yeah, that's kind of how like I started in, in that tech field. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool, man. That's yeah. Cool I, I always love like digging into the origin story. Cause I feel like for a lot of us, you know, we're kind of born with like these talents, this mindset. And then, you know, you go to school and they try to fit you into that school box and, yep. and put that path in front of you. And, and then, you know, most of us try to go down it, but then at some point, you know, those of us who have those, those thoughts and that drive and in those talents, we kind of break out of that box yeah. uh, one way or another. 
Yeah, uh, I, I do have a four year college degree, but even doing it, I knew that it wasn't it was literally for a piece of paper to like. Yeah. When I was. I, yeah, I graduated high school and like on a Friday and the Monday after I went to work for a dot com as an intern. And then okay. I went to college for, it took me five years because out here, like everything was impacted. It was really hard to get classes. And I, I got a, I got a degree in business administration with a confirmation, a con- concentration in information systems, but you know, even doing it and while doing it work, I really knew that it was just like a piece of paper. Like it would probably help me later in life for the job. And maybe there were some structural things in there, but I had already like kind of, I went to private school. I was an Eagle scout. So like that kind of that, like hardworking, you know, yeah. organized thing had already been instilled to me. Not to mention my dad is like in an incredible person. He's very organized. So like I kind of inherited some of that too. So. Nice, man. Yeah. That's uh that's a pretty cool experience. And now you've uh, I know you have a pretty big operation uh, with what you do at work, like we've done a couple of things together and I've gotten a little bit of insight into how you work. I mean, and it, and it seems like, uh, it's even hard for me to put it into words, but like, I mean, you've got some pretty big things going on and I know you had like, then you have some warehouse issues. Things got shut down during COVID yeah. and like you, didn't you like move somewhere? Like you've done a lot in the past year, right? Yeah, we've, um, <sighs> you know, the, the thing with print on demand and having like a physical space and doing it yourself is like, you have to have the facility size to do it. And Amazon is very volatile. Like you can go from like nothing to literally like blow up. And it, it, you know, like out here, like real estate doesn't really follow that model. They want you to sign leases for like three to five years. And it's just like impossible, but I mean, we've, we've done it. We've moved a few times. We've had like quite a few setbacks, um, even prior to COVID um, this one facility that we were in got flooded twice in nine months by a broken fire hydrant, two different fire hydrants in the complex, which I, I don't know if anybody's familiar with water damage, but you know, like one time if you're on it and you get, you know, like your facility gets full of water by like an inch and inch and a half, usually you can dry it out. But the second time was pretty bad. We had, um, I just landed in Vegas for ASD. I had like three employees with me. It was like a Friday night. And the fire department called me at like 10 o'clock at night and was like, yeah, somebody hit a fire hydrant. Like, oh no. So that was the second time. That one was kind of bad. That one ended up forcing us to eventually move out of that unit because they there was like mold and they wanted to cut into the walls. And we were already like pretty, pretty cramped in there. It was, it was difficult. And then um, yeah, COVID hit last year and it was like, you know, something none of us had ever been through. Like, can the government really shut us down? Like what, you know, what happens here? Are they going to compensate us? Like, you know, we got orders to fill and like, you know, what's going to happen. And uh, we, we managed to navigate that. Um, we got an exception from for after a little bit for um, to operate from the County, but nobody really knew what was going on. It was just kind of like a reality check. And it, at that point, um, I kind of came to a realization that, you know, I was, I was trying to do too many things. Yeah. I was trying to do, you know, in the print on demand world, there's design. So I'm going to make artwork. You got to sell this stuff on something like a t-shirt, a coffee mug, a wallet, whatever. And then us, we had to like print it. And I mean, that's a like a manufacturing process. So I'm running, you know, design distribution and manufacturing. And like we okay. had, we had like no time to do anything. So I remember, um, we were, we were getting ready to move out of our facility. Um, we were kind of done. Uh, we were trying to downsize a little bit because of COVID and everything. And, uh, I got this idea. I was, 
I, we, we sold a bunch of equipment to a buddy of mine and like we, me and my ops, uh, ops manager actually were like delivering it and stuff and like setting it up for them. And like, I remember at the end of that day, we were so exhausted and I was like, should I just like throw this like print part of it up on Facebook marketing or, or marketplace? I was like, I don't think anybody will buy it, but maybe. And long story short. Yeah. Like uh, two MDS guys actually hit me up. Sorry if you're watching this or listening to this. Um, and my buddy, Travis Ross from Colorado who I'd like kind of been talking to and who had had previous experience in the print on demand world, um, hit me up and long story short, I ended up selling the entire 90% of the entire print operation to him in Colorado. And all this happened like right before Q4. So that is like literally the worst (laughs) time. Like he wanted to be up and running for Q4 and it was like September. And I'm like, I don't know, dude. And we somehow, I mean, we, we're known for this. Like we make things happen. So we made it happen. Like uh, me, my ops manager and another woman from out here that we just kind of randomly hired to help in Colorado. We landed in Colorado on like November 1st to set up an entire print operation, which, you know, it's 3,500 square feet equipment, you know, materials, everything. And uh, we managed to get them up and running. I think like the first week we had like 50% of the operation going. And then the second week we got the other 50% going. So crazy story though, man, it was like, you know, like in August of that year, it was like COVID was still kind of, you know, like crazy out here in California. And by November I'm sitting in Colorado and I had never really been away from home more than like three weeks uh, at the longest. So we spent three months there getting them up and running. Um, and uh, he's doing really well. And now he's fulfilling our stuff. So we're focusing more on projects, other little avenues of business that we wanted to do that we just couldn't get to. Um, so that's that's kind of where we're at now is like, you know, I'm still doing design. We're still doing distribution. Um, I'm doing a little bit of account management. And we've, I've got some new projects in the works, too, that kind of work around Travis and his operation. He owns that fully now. So um, it's kind of like a little dropship model. but it's weird because we, we kind of like plowed the road, you know, we figured out how to make all this stuff. And literally we just went there and like, okay, here's the stuff. Here's how you make it. You know, here's how you can manage the operation internally, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then, okay, go and make improvements you want. So pretty interesting little, uh, a little path, you know, he's made, he's made some improvements. I was just there like, uh, last week, uh, just to check in and work on some other stuff that we had going on. And, uh, he's made some improvements. So it's kind of a little success story, you know, like I kind of sold like a big portion of the business and then he's taken it and he's, he's done more things with it. Like, I'm like, man, I'm impressed. You know, this is, this is cool for like six or seven months, you know, like you did really well. So, um, that's that's cool. You were able to make that happen and like still fit it into what you're doing now and, you know, take some stuff off your back and and just focus on where, where you want to be. Um, do you enjoy doing more of like, like the design aspect of it? Is that something you personally enjoy doing or? Yeah. I mean, like- yeah, I was, I was never great. I mean, I'll be honest. I was never great at manufacturing. Like I'm not six Sigma certified or anything like that. Like I'm, I'm, I'm okay at it and uh, like logistics and things like that. I can do well, but I've always been kind of the, you know, design guy, the funny ideas guy and the tech guy. So I enjoy blending all three of those together to be successful. So I have kind of an IT background. So for 
um, the longest time we had like a, a dev on staff. And so me and the dev would write little tools that could do things like launch millions of products on Amazon easily without having to, you know, like do much work. Um, and you know, as far as the funny t-shirt aspect of it, um, I probably should have told the story at the beginning, but one of the, when I was a little kid, I remember, um, around the time I was building computers and stuff, like after I got good at that, I was like, man, I want to make t-shirts and and stickers, you know, like, and I always had funny things to say. Needless to say, I failed at that point and had no idea that later in my life I would actually be doing that. Yeah. Um, and there was no, like, I, I forgot after a while. And then I, I was like, oh, I'm going to be an IT manager in college. And then, and then I fell into this backwards into this praying thing. And so and now it's kind of crazy. It's like this thing when I was a little kid, like got put on hold there. And like 20 years later, I'm like doing it. And it's pretty insane. You know, it's like kind of a crazy journey, but yeah. Um, yeah so um yeah i mean that's that's kind of where it's at <laughs> nice man that is cool um so what what are some of these things you guys do that's unique with the like you, you mentioned like being able to throw up like a bunch of listings at once you created some of these these tools like i'm a little bit familiar i used to do some drop shipping and like when i figured mm -hmm. out i could do like bulk uploads of products i was like wow like this this is it i mean i can literally like clear out thousands of units or SKUs overnight and put in new ones and like, you know, get pretty creative there. Um, what type of stuff are you doing that, um, you know, might be helpful to some other people? Well, the, the one thing I'd say is like, never look past the dev because a lot of things that you're doing, you could automate. So for us, it was like, you know, once we had a little bit of success on Amazon, we were originally building like all the product mock-ups and everything ourselves in Photoshop. So we'd take the funny phrase here's the blank coffee mug. We put it together, file, save. And after a while, I was like, man, there's got to be a better way to do this. So me and my dev worked out a way that it would do it automatically. We could take lists of text designs that we had saved and run this thing overnight. And it would literally, like the input would be a list of funny, just picture a list of funny sayings. And then we'd have like 15 or 20 different types of coffee mugs, like different colors and things. Start And he wrote this thing, it would basically start it, by the time it came the next morning and have all these mock-ups generated and organized and ready to go. And then, you know, at that point, we're still kind of using a lot of um, Excel manipulation, um, you know, like search and replace and like make the spreadsheet and then upload it to Amazon. Um, but, you know, at some point, I, I forget, I think around 2016, uh, Amazon changed a rule or something, which is beneficial to us. And I was like, we need to write a CSV generator. So basically something to make all those files so we didn't have to do it manually. So me and him, um, he, he did it incredibly quickly, like maybe like 30 days. And we had that, we, we melded both technologies together. So what you would do is you'd put in, input a list of funny sayings, and then you would literally get all the mockups spit out and, and upload to do like a, we have a web server. So like everything was in the cloud and then you get a CSV ready, made, ready to go. So like, you know, if you had an idea, like, you know, you could quickly go from concept to product on Amazon in like an hour with this tool. Wow. Um, since then we've built a few other things. Um, we built something called, uh, I don't know, can I drop name drop like kind of services yeah. here? Yeah. So we yeah. built a, we built a service called three PL custom, which, um, it, it kind of got killed a little bit by COVID because we were supposed to launch it like the day before everybody went on lockdown. We're supposed to go to a conference and all that, but essentially we built this kind of system and we spent about a year on it where we could take, 
other private labels or other other private label sellers products and um, imprint and do personalization on them. So Amazon has a, a segment called Amazon Custom where a buyer can come in, they can type in text they want or whatever the product is you've set up and then that order goes wherever you want it to. It can go to, like I was, we were the fulfillment partner, but we built this whole thing that would literally go from that all the way into our system so we could personalize it. And 3PL Custom was, um, we'd store your products kind of like FBA. When you got a sale, sale, we'd pull it off the shelf. We already had like a pre-made template and everything that we, um, kind of set up ahead of time for you. That was part of the onboarding process. It's like, okay, here's this, you know, toiletry bag. Here's what we can do with it. We can laser engrave it, you know, whatever. Here's what we suggest based on our experience, what people might want on it. You know, and we'd set up the font and everything. And literally like, it's kind of like an evergreen product as long as you kept sending us product. Um, so yeah, when you got a sale, the sale would automatically route to us for that SKU. We'd pull it off the shelf. We'd imprint it and we'd ship it to your customer. So um, that we kind of put on hold. We were in the alpha stage right around the time that COVID hit. So I'm hoping to get that going again, even with Travis, because you know it's kind of the same situation. Um, but yeah, the software was all built and, and such uh, for that. And we're I'm about to start a new product um, or a new service. Uh, it's a lot simpler. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a print on demand a la carte art package. Uh, complete with flat files to upload. So a lot of people that are trying to either get into business or maybe they're already doing selling on Amazon, um, you know, they want passive income too, you know, like a little thing. So what our product is is basically like a, a set of like kind of funny designs, like I was talking about, made it up to products like coffee mugs or t-shirts and a flat file that you can buy for like a, a flat price. So maybe like 90 bucks and you get like 3000 SKUs, you upload it. You sign up with, um, we're partnered with uh, Travis, Make Your Mark Design, and he, he he can basically get the orders automatically and fulfill them for you. Um, so it's it's good for two, uh, two, two demographics. One is like maybe you want to get into business, but you don't want to go the arbitrage route or you, you know, you, you're not really interested in going to Walmart and like, you know, scanning a bunch of stuff. Um, this is literally like a turnkey, like, like business wow. in a box. And then. It's slow enough that, you know, like if you, you, you could spend 90 bucks, set it up on like Etsy or eBay or Walmart, or if you have an Amazon account, and then just kind of, you can learn business by doing it. You know, you get customer yeah. service emails, you'll have to answer. And then, you know, we, we have all kinds of guidance and stuff like that too, on like what to do if things come up. So that's the, that's something we're going to launch probably in about a month. And yeah, like I said, partnered with Travis and got a couple of people ready to roll into um, alpha and the beta on that. And it's really, it's just using those tools that my dev and I built back in 2016, you know? So, or the image generator was in 2013, the CSV generator came in 2016, but instead of, um, instead of kind of handing off or making that a product, we decided to like, just kind of do it as a service for people. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm nice. at now. <laughs> And like, if anyone, like I've always, I, I get a little obsessed with trying to automate stuff. I'm not good. Like, I don't, I don't know how all that stuff works, like to do yeah. it myself. Like, like what type of person, what type of skill should someone look for if they're looking for someone who can be their dev guy? Like, you know, if they were going to put like a job description together or something like, like who would they even be looking for? 
Um, you know, like the first thing I would highly recommend because that skill changes a lot. Um, coding like can go from like one language and at one point to another language. So like if anybody has any friends that are in the tech world, that's where I would start to ask. But essentially, you know, we, when we look for dev or like, if we, I mean, mine kind of fell in my lap. I worked with a guy like 12 years before now. So like I knew him, but Essentially, if I had to start over, I'd say you you want somebody that's not super green out of a tech college, but you also want somebody that's not been in the game for like 20 years okay. because they, they may not have the more newer set of skills. Like the best devs are somebody that's been doing it for four or five years. They kind of like learn the past. They've learned the present. They know where it's going in the future. And, you know, like somebody that can build um, full stack, which is means they could build the back end tool. They could build the website. Um, would be good. A lot of times those are segmented, like guys can have a specialty in building tools that really aren't meant for the general public. And then guys are good at building websites, the front end, the interface with the back end tool, whatever it's doing, or there's full stack means they can do both. Uh, mobile oh, developers are huge too, but a lot of times, I mean, the unicorn would really be the full stack developer that also knows mobile, like Android and iOS. Um, that would be the unicorn if you could find that person that was in that had been in this for like five, six years. So that'd be your best bet on a dev. But I mean, there's all kinds of guys out there. You don't really have to hire a full-time person either. There's plenty of project devs out there um, overseas, you know, and here. So it's not too hard to find people. Yeah. I imagine that's something like you might be able to find a guy on Upwork or Fiverr or something that specializes in that stuff. Yeah. And you just have to think like, okay, is this, a lot of people will try to find like an existing tool to solve a problem, but maybe it really is something that like, you know, tools out there don't fix. And then you kind of just evaluate like, okay, is this something small or is this a a massive project with, you know, a good rule of thumb is if you're going to need a project manager, it's probably going to be a massive product or, you know, a project. So if it's something like, you're tired of dragging this over here and having to do this and that it's, that's something more like an Upwork guy could probably do for you. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Right. Right now where I'm at in our business is just like making sure all of our operating procedures are solid. And then I found a guy on Upwork who like, he doesn't call himself like a full script of a full stack developer. He's like, you know, good with scripts. And like, I think he mentioned like RPA language okay, um, and some other things. And like, I just want to have those to have him check out those processes and just see yeah. what he can do. It sounds like uh, that would be what you would need. That sounds like, like more of like a backend developer. If he's building scripts and things that can do like that. Um, okay. Yeah. That'd be more of a backend. They're, those guys aren't really like UI focused. So okay. like if you ever build a forward, um, forward facing product for like somebody else like MDS or kind of like what Leo does, um, you know, like in like those tools, it's like, you're going to want a UI UX guy to be able to tell you like, Hey, you know, like don't put this button here because it's bad. You know, like it's, it's, you know, it's crowded over here and over here you have nothing. It's kind of like, those are the guys that, um, you would want if you ever went to the front end on that kind of thing. But yeah, your guy sounds like a backend, uh, backend script. Okay. Over. Yeah. Yeah. That's like my current, like, that's the one thing I want to figure out, man. And and the thing I struggle with is like not knowing what's possible yeah, or yeah. just like, you know, just not, you know, what's possible, what's not possible. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like, you know, I mean, I, and I'd love to get your opinion on it. Like, what's your take on that? Like, do you think people can automate way more than they think they can? 
Um, or is there, is there some like hard set limits, um, that people should be aware of? I mean, you can do a lot of things as long as you can explain to a dev where you're at and where you're trying to get to, um, you know, and they'll tell you the best way to get, it's kind of like asking for directions, right? You know, like if I'm somewhere and my GPS is dead and I need to get somewhere, I'm probably going to ask somebody else like, Hey, that knows the area. Like I need to get to this lake, you know, where do I go? You know, and as long as they're, you know, familiar, they're going to be able to help you dev work and things like that's the same thing. Like they'll give you an initial consultation or, you know, be like, okay, I think I know how to do that. And then, you know, you, you can always phone a friend too. Like I said, if you've got a tech friend that know, like me, right. Like if your guy tells you something and you're like, I'm not sure if that sounds right. You know, like you can always like call me. So always use your resources when it comes to stuff like that. Right um, on. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. I'm hoping a year from now, man, I've got a, a quite a few things automated, um, in the business, hopefully. Yeah. We, um, you know, we had a lot of projects and only one dev. So a lot of the things, and you kind of helped with this is we sent a lot of stuff off to VA, just general VAs, instead of like building a tool to do something, just have this VA for like four or five or $6 an hour, click these two buttons every day, you know, like, yeah. you know, and things like that. So I mean, you can automate it with technology or you can automate it with, you know, people, you know, right. it just depends. Um, we tend to, we, we tend to like kind of the day-to-day -day stuff. Now we're working, we're using VAs more for that, but if it's something that's going to build us income or, you know, it's um, something, you know, that maybe can't be you know, like, isn't two clicks, but really needs to be built. That's where we would use the dev and the automation for that kind of thing. Nice. Cool. And you still have your guy on staff. It sounds like. Yeah, he's a, uh, he actually through all this transition, he ended up working for another company, but he does side work for me. Okay. Um, and we, we, we debated getting another developer, but right now we're like, not at that point. Like we've got all these tools kind of built like the, the POD instant thing, which is the art package and then three PL custom. It's like now, now we just kind of want to get that off the ground. But if there's like an issue, he he can help. Um, and he does. He works like, you know, evenings for us or Saturdays when we need him. Um, so, nice. yeah. So with your um, with the project you're working on where you do this customization for other people, can you guys do like um, like the wall art type stuff? Like the, you know, like the phrases that someone would put on like uh, something they would hang on their wall. Like what, yeah. what other you can do that stuff too. Yeah. I mean, there's six, well, long story short, there's like about seven different ways that we can personalize something. And it's, uh, depending on what the application is, that's where our expertise comes in. Like we can look at an object, like, you know, like a toiletry bag or like a stuffed animal or something like that and be like, okay, you want to use embroidery for the stuffed animal or the toiletry bag. We're like, we're going to laser engrave it or like the signs like you have behind you. Um, you know, like if you want to do personalization and things like that on that, yes, we could do that kind of printing. I don't know. It really depends on the specific application of it. So, you know, I'm looking at all the stuff behind you, like books and cups and <laughs> yeah. even the mic, even the microphone you have, we could, we could actually personalize that if you needed to, nice. we could print right on that. So small form factor things are kind of where that comes in. And, uh, you know, personalization is pretty huge and, Right now with Amazon, it's still a little difficult to navigate, um, but we have expertise in it. But, you know, like all the cool things in business kind of happen where people don't want to take the time or put the effort into it and yeah. then all of a sudden explodes. And the cool thing about personalization is like, you know, like let's say that microphone that you're speaking into costs like 50 bucks. Well, if I can put somebody's name or band name on it, 
I, I could probably charge $150 for that same microphone. And, you know, like printing on it is going to cost like maybe 10, 12 bucks and shipping, you know? So like the profit margin for personalization is huge. You can charge two, three, four X retail price for something when you can literally make it personalized for somebody. It's like a unique one of a kind thing. So, yeah, that's pretty cool, man. I'm glad you mentioned that because I think this is something that could potentially be pretty helpful to Amazon sellers. Like maybe there's a lot of sellers that are, they have products now and they haven't really thought about this personalization thing. Yeah. Maybe by getting hooked up with you, I mean, they could really add a whole nother income stream to their business with what they already have going on. Yeah. And, and, you know, we have, uh, we have enough experience to be able to tell people like, Hey, you know, like I can't personalize your supplement bottle and nobody's really going to care. But if you've got home goods or something along those lines, like home goods are huge for personalization, depending, maybe you sell like a set of dish towels. Right. And you know, you're bundling those and sending them into FBA. And maybe you've never thought about like, you know, I wonder if anybody would ever want the family name embroidered on that or whatever, you know, like home is where the heart is. Like those are the kinds of things that people could go in and type or that you could set up in a pre kind of pre-made design, you know, like you could have a design where it's got a basic element, um, like maybe a family name or a family crest and then some sort of symbol underneath it. Well, the symbol would always be the same, but the family name would change. You know, and when you personalize that, that's exactly what would go on like that dish towel. So there's all kinds of like routes. And yeah, it's a it's a good second stream of income for a set of products that you already have. Um, it's kind of like FBA, like, you know, you we do yeah. an initial we do an initial thing. We say send us three of like whatever it is. Um, if you have variations, it doesn't really matter. It's just like we need the objects in our hand to see, you know, feel it, see what it's made out of. And then we're probably going to wreck two or three of them just to figure out what the best options for you are. And then once we get that done, then, you know, then we'll come back to you and be like, okay, here's what we can do for you. Here's your price per unit. You know, here's your general shipping costs. Here's what it would cost to store it. We, our storage model. Well, the, the pricing model used to be different from Amazon. And we do also tell you like, Hey, you know, like, I don't need 10,000 units. Please don't use this like a regular 3PL. Like, you know, send us a hundred units of this. And we think this is a good starting point. You know, that's maybe like two months of sales for this personalization product. And then we'll give you the flat files and help you walk through like how to get this into your account because it, it really becomes a, a second ASIN. So okay. maybe, so the way it would work and the way that the best way to do it is if you have an FBA product that is solid, um, you turn that into a parent child. So you have your FBA child ASIN and then you have your personalization, which would be FBM that would come to us and we would do that through software. But the nice thing is they find, typically they'll find your product through your FBA, you know, advertising or that typical, you know, order flow. Um, But when they get to the page and see that they can personalize it and maybe that's like, you know, two X, three X price. Then they're like, Oh, that's super cool. Like, you know, I could buy this one or I could buy this one personalized. Like a lot of times the people would buy the personalized one and they'll spend that extra money and then you'll make your original profit plus the personalization profit. So it's pretty neat stream. Uh, like how that works. Yeah. That sounds exciting, man. It's definitely got me thinking about a, you know, a few things in my business that, that could use that. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong. Did you say you guys had something for people that don't have products as well? 
Yeah, that's a, that's a little thing we're launching called podinstant.com, uh, which that's just basically, it, it can go both ways. Like I said, it can go for people that want to learn how to do sell online, right? It's really straightforward. It is, um, you know, basically you get a turnkey kind of set of products that you can upload to, you know, Etsy or eBay or Walmart or Amazon and it's passive income. So if you get a sale, that sale routes to somebody that prints it. So imagine like uh, home is where the heart is on a coffee mug in a design, right? Like we, we made the home is where the heart is design. We put it on the coffee mug image for you. So you'd have that on Amazon. And then with a quick sign up through uh, Travis of make your mark design, he can tie into your Amazon account and only pull when that order sells down to his system. And he'll do the printing and the shipping direct to your customer via FBM. So nice. So that, he's actually holding the product. Yeah. He holds the blanks. You don't have to do any. That's why this is kind of a cool idea is like yeah. the only initial upfront investment besides maybe the $40 a month that Amazon would charge you is like that art package, which might be you know, like the cheapest one we're going to sell is probably like 90 bucks. And so he gets all the art. He gets everything he needs from us to be able to print that product when it sells. You get everything you need to upload it into your account and sell it. And uh, we've taken precautions. Um, one of the tools we bought is like a trademark check thing to make sure that absolutely anything we give you at that point in time is not trademarked. But, you know, there's guidance on, hey, you know, like on, you know, what's today, like June 16th or 17th. This was good, but you'll want to, you know, follow up or make sure. And that's part of the learning how to do it if you want to do it, too. Everything has a learning curve, you know, and every, even yeah. when you get in business. But it's kind of a cool thing because it could go both ways. It could be for somebody that like maybe wants to learn to sell on Amazon, but doesn't want to go to Walmart and scan, you know, and yeah. do arbitrage. Um, so, or it could be for people that like, maybe they already have an existing selling business. Maybe they're not in the print on demand game, but want to be, or just want passive income to like, you know, extra money that you didn't really have to do anything for is always cool. So <laughs> if these things sell and these designs are popular and they sell, you know, you, it takes off, you, be encouraged to put more up or maybe it's just like a, a set of passive income stream, you know, that has a pretty decent profit margin, probably like 25% by the time you're done. So not terrible on nice. that stuff. And yeah. Yeah. I really, I think this is a great opportunity for like, if you're a business owner and you've like, I mean, obviously it's good for business owners in general, but like, it's got yeah. me thinking like, like my son could do that, you yes. know, like my yep. son, you know, he's nine, almost 10. Like he could realistically like pull this off. Yep. Um, especially, you know, with me helping them out and consulting with you, like that's, I think you're like, you're on some cutting edge stuff, man. I mean, this is going to become a big thing eventually, I think, because I mean, passive income, like who doesn't want that? Like that's never going to go away. Yeah. And you, uh, you brought up a really good point about like kids and stuff like that. I know like, um, Eddie Levine, one of our friends that was at Chicago, he used to do stuff with schools. And so like, something like this would be great for like kids, even like high school kids. Like, Hey, you can, you can be an entrepreneur. We'll help you get into it. Here's how you get started. And then you can learn the ropes as you go and, you know, we'll guide you along that way. So it, it, even though it's like a service for art, it's, it's probably going to have largely have like a kind of a, um, like a, not a consulting, but like a, you know, an education model that could follow yeah. it too. Right. Yeah. And we could partner with schools and things like that. High schools and colleges would be pretty fun. Um, yeah, actually you kind of, that's a good idea, dude. <laughs> like I hadn't really <laughs> thought about the kids thing, but that is a really smart idea. And that's a good way. Like I always want to give back. So that would be yeah. an awesome way for me to be able to give back or get, you know, younger entrepreneurs into the field. 
And I, you know, even through like doing the speaking gigs and stuff for that, uh, I've done like my goal has always been like, I made a ton of mistakes and I don't want, uh, I, I want to help people not make those mistakes. You know, like I, I don't want you to be me. I want you to be better than me. I want you to do yeah. things differently. And I, I've always been kind of a fan of that model where it's like, I, I really never really try to reinvent the wheel. I try to learn from others and build on top of that. So, or, you know, like I'm going to use like MDS has been great for that. It's like, you know, there's so many guys in there that have had the same journey, even though we're on different paths. And it's like, they've all had like many, many experiences that are helpful. Like a lot of times when I hit like a wall, I literally go to MDS and I'll hit the search bar and I'll try to find somebody that had the same issue. And nine times out of 10, I'll find somebody or, and, and it's so wide, which is cool too. Like, like MDS is great for that kind of thing. And I, I'm not trying to plug MDS or, you know, like I know I'm on the podcast in a minute, but you know, it's like anything you want, you usually find it like diet tips, like exercise tips, like selling yeah. tips, like, you know, advertising tips, PPC, like anything you can think of literally like stock trading, all this yeah. stuff is like, like MDS is kind of like branched off and it's, it's so awesome to have that community, but yeah, that's, that's a great thing is like, you can kind of, you, you learn from others and that's kind of how you go. And that's what I want to do is I want to help people get into business. I want to make sure they don't make the same mistakes I did. So. Yeah, man, I agree with a, a lot of what you said there and like going back to uh, um, like the, the business that you're coming out with, like being more of a business education. That was my whole intention when I, that was actually why I was in Chicago at that event for the arbitrage mm. blueprint. It was my standard operating procedures for doing arbitrage and I was very adamant that, hey, I'm not an Amazon guy. Like, I'm not teaching you how to sell on Amazon. Yeah. I'm using reselling as a vehicle to teach you how to run a business. Yeah. Uh, was my whole idea, like an arbitrage business system. Um, mm -hmm. Because when I look back on my journey, like arbitrage taught me how to run a business. Yeah. Um, you know, I was in the weeds, I was doing everything, had to learn a bunch of different things. And it's just like you said, it's mostly just a bunch of mistakes yep. and then figuring it out. You know, and, I, yep. and I was the same thing, man. Like, I don't want everyone else to go through this stuff that I went through. Um, yeah. P POD is an interesting model because yeah, it's, it, it kind of can ride, you know, the same as arbitrage. Um, you know, and it's got its own risks and it's got its own rewards. Um, but it, yeah, it really could be like passive income or like an educational kind of journey for people to get into. And it's like, I, I mean, people ask me what I do. And a lot of times I saw like, Oh, I'm an e-commerce seller. But in reality, like I've been like the print on demand guy, like I was doing print on demand before I even, like I was doing print on demand long before print on demand was either even a catchphrase. Yeah. Know? So it's, 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 it's crazy, but it, yeah, it could ride the same way as like arbitrage did for, you know, people that want to get into this and maybe don't want to drop, you know, $10,000 on a wholesale or a private label product. So yeah, just another Avenue in, I mean, we're probably just all creating more uh, competition for all of ourselves, but you know, who cares? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm convinced there's, <laughs> there's not enough of us selling stuff for the amount of people buying stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the, one of the things I've been looking at and I've been kind of having a conversation with a friend, Barbara Boshan a lot lately, is like, we, we kind of use this analogy of like the gold rush and we're like, 
you know, like we're, you know, we're in there like painting for gold, but man, maybe we should be selling the shovels and then yeah. maybe we should be selling education on how to use the shovels. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of where a lot of these little things is like, where I'm trying to solve problems and get people more into the print on demand world, but also solve a problem too. Like maybe like we said with, the 3PL custom service. It's like, you might have a product that's dying or maybe is doing really well. And you want to figure out how to make the separate income stream without having to source another product or create another product. POD instant great for, you know, people to get into the print on demand business without even having to like actually get into the print on demand business, but learn business. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's like, we're, you know, we're selling the shovels at this point. And I think, you know, I feel like everybody eventually graduates to that. It's like they either, they either get into selling the shovels or they get into like selling education on how to use the shovels, you know, like doing account management and consulting and things like that would be along those lines too. So. Yeah, I, I agree, man. It's definitely seems to be like just a natural evolution as a lot of people, they want to give back and help others, or maybe they just want to make a, you know, butler money, like whatever yeah. the case may be. Yeah. Um, uh, whatever, but man, that's, that sounds like a super cool operation. I definitely am going to put aside some time, uh, to hit you up about that. Cool. Um, definitely. I would like to get involved. Um, but so what, what's the end game for you, Mike? Like, why, why are you doing all this, man? Like where, where do you want to be in life? You know, five, 10, 15 years from now, are you going to be, you know, sitting on the beach with your Corona, like you mentioned, or, uh, or what, man. <laughs> so that, that is hopefully my end game. I definitely don't want to be that guy that's selling, uh, education when standing in front of a Lamborghini. Like if I've made it that far, <laughs> I don't, I want to be out of the public eye, but yeah. Um, my goal at some point has been to, I'm 39. I want to retire by the time I'm 44. Um, that's my goal. And I want my life to be the Corona commercial from back in the day where you're sitting on a beach, got your beer next to you. And you're just like enjoying life at that point. Can I do that? Uh, you know, like, we'll see, I'm going to try to yeah. get there. Can I do it mentally when I get there? That's going to be another problem. Like, you know, I might get to that beach and be like, damn, I could open a bar here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll call you and be like, Hey, do you want to give people surf lessons? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And maybe that's in Puerto Rico where all of our friends are seem to be going yes. and I'm kind of jealous. Um, yep. But yeah, that's, that's the goal is like, like I kind of, I kind of want to build a few things up and maybe I'll keep some of them residual and maybe I'll sell some of them off or maybe I'll sell off the whole thing. Um, but I do want to enjoy life at some point. I've, I spent, you know, I spent about the last 15 years working my butt off and I was I, I mean, I was really happy to sell to Travis, like that portion of it. I, I probably should have done it a long time ago um, because it did cost me a lot of uh, stress and problems, other problems in my life. And, you know, it probably, you know, it, it, I, I learned a lot. Okay. Let's just say that, like the amount of things that I learned that came out of that uh, was an immense amount of knowledge and experience. And I don't regret it, but, you know, like, at some point you got to say like, Hey, this is too much. Or, you know, like, Hey, like I'm going down the wrong road here and maybe I've deviated really far and it's, you know, it's, it's okay. It's doing well, but I think I could do better. And for me, I think that things that blend, like I said, software and automation and services and helping people are probably more of where I want to be for the next five years than, you know, panning for gold. So. Nice, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, man. It would be great to, uh, I mean, I have the same dreams, just like being on the beach, like yep. hanging out with my family, hanging out with my friends, 
and just enjoying life, man. I, I want to make it happen as quick as possible. Um, yeah. You know, one thing like, like I didn't stop and do, it took me a while was like figuring out how much money I wanted to make. Yeah. Like I was just kind of grinding, 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 making money, making money. And just like, it hit me one day. I was like, well, how much, you know, what do I really need to like do what I really want to do, which is, you know, like what you really want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like whatever I want to do in the moment, you know, like that's how yeah. I like to live life is like, just, just being sporadic and, and traveling and surfing and meeting new people and, you know, going to all the great events that MDS puts on. Like that's really what I want to be doing more so than, you know, having $20 million in my bank account or, or right. whatever it may be, you know, yeah. maybe the 20 million is part of what I need to make that happen. <laughs> um, but setting that target, you know, and saying, all right, you know, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take my foot off the gas here a little bit. And, uh, yeah it on the and, beach and hang out. <laughs> and wealth can be attributed to two ways, right? It can be attributed to experience or it can be attributed to money. I mean, if you are able to have a business where, you know, like a lot of things are done and you've gotten to the point where like, you're not working in your business, maybe you're not even working on your business. You're just kind yeah. of overseeing it. Then you can go out and have these experiences. You can go to these MDS events. You can go on vacation. Your system runs the same. I mean, I would call that a huge wealth right there. Like maybe you're yeah. not making a million dollars, but you're making enough, you know, you're a million dollars like net a year or whatever, but you're making enough to do what you want to do. And yeah. let's face it, most of us want to like leave the country and go travel other places. And it's expensive here, but it's not as expensive everywhere else. So like maybe yeah. we don't need as much money as we would think we would need. But I, I, I like your idea of like, I want to just be comfortable. I want to be able to do what I want to do. And that doesn't mean like owning a private jet or, you know, like right. going back and forth from here to Paris, like once a week, you know, that just means like being able to do whatever I want to do within reason, you know, live within my means and be comfortable and uh, for me, I think like experiences are to me, they're worth a lot more than a ton of money. Like you said, like, yeah. I want to go live on a beach. I want to go, you know, I want to go learn. I don't know how to surf, even though I'm from California, I want to learn to surf, you know, or yeah. I want to go hang out with my friends and talk about million dollar ideas all the time and, you know, dream about things and maybe, you know, put new things and put new paths forward. So that's kind of what's worth it for me is like, yeah, I mean, yeah, like these days I, I work from home, I make designs. I mean, I'm happy doing that, but I'm, you know, I'm kind of also like thinking about the other things I could do, keeping my eye on that 44 uh, year old retirement and hoping that I can get to it and that, you know, like I can have an exit strategy at that time and then, you know, do whatever I want to do. If I want to start a bar on a beach and, you know, live, you know, like that, then that's what I'll do. But yeah, that's yeah, important to set those goals, but just also to, important to realize that, you know, money isn't everything. Sometimes those experiences are like worth more than money can do. And yeah, yeah, I've been, I've been trying to live that mantra for a while. I, uh, I just segue real fast. Like I read the four hour work week, maybe like two out, uh, two years ago, not two hours ago, two years ago. <laughs> and, uh, and I've really, at that point, you saw me, I think, because we were trying to find me VAs and stuff like I was buried and I was miserable. And like, I think I've come a long way. Um, to be happier with life and be content with the way things are going. And, you know, like all of it kind of is real, you know, like focus. And I've read a few other books that I can't remember right now, but a lot of it is based on like 
going out and having experiences. I mean, even living in Colorado for three months with one of my employees and one of my friends that came to work for us, it, it was great. Like we, on the weekends, we would go do all, we would, we literally would take mini road trips like every weekend to go check out different parts of Colorado and, and do things like hike and, and go to like the zoo in Colorado Springs and check out speakeasies. And like that experience I, I couldn't put a dollar amount on it. I mean, it was right. just like amazing at the time. And like, I want to do more of that. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a different feeling of fulfillment when you're like out in nature, looking yeah. at something you really, it's just kind of like awe and inspiring and breathtaking. Like yeah, money just kind of has that, like, it's like an excitement and like, but then you kind of get hooked on it and like you want yeah. more and then you're chasing it. Like the experience vibe is definitely different like you're satisfied and you're yeah. not you're like you're present in the moment you know it's yeah. kind of hard to explain it but yeah i remember when i went to colorado and was snowboarding uh i was in steamboat springs and like mm. i would just stop somewhere and just like stand there and look and just be yep. like wow like look at that yep. mountain all the way over there that like yeah. snow-capped mountain and just like completely blown away by it man like those are yeah. definitely the things i love doing and i want to give my kids that too Yep. I have a, I have a side goal that I've set. I don't know when I'm going to be able to do it. I was going to try to do it after I sold everything, but I've, uh, I've not seen a whole lot of the U S like I've kind of been stuck going to the major cities like Vegas and Seattle and Chicago. Um, but like, I kind of want to do a six, I, I call it a six month road trip where like, I literally kind of just drive across the country super slow with like kind of a loose plan and stay in, you know, crappy hotels and Airbnb, yeah. like do it big sometimes and then sleep in the car or whatever. Yes. And like, one of my ideas is to kind of like try to find ways, like there's shared work that you can do. Like I can go to like some farm in Montana and build them a website and they'll give me lodging. Like I kind of want to do that. Um, and I figured it would take me about six months. I'd probably roll some like baseball cause I'm a huge baseball fan and football fans. So roll some stadiums into it. But yeah, one of the big goals of that is to really just like stop and talk to locals and be like, where's the best bar around it? Where's the best place to get barbecue, you know, and yeah. like kind of have that interaction. So I was kind of thinking if I ever did this, I'd be like, I'd hit up like MDS and be like, Hey, anybody need a house sitter? Just let me know yeah. where and when, and I'll be there. I can pet sit. And then, you know, Hey, by the way, before you leave, tell me a couple places to check out in town. And, uh, you know, I'd do that all for free just to like have experience. So it kind of goes back to that experience thing, but that's a little side goal I have besides like the retirement at 44 is like, I want a road trip around the country. And then that'll probably, I'd like, I've listened to a ton of podcasts and like people that do that end up going to like New Zealand and then doing that in like New Zealand. So who knows, you know, that, that could definitely happen there, but could be another little experience thing. And yeah, again, it's like, as long as my business is running without me, you know, may I check in like once a day and check emails and like, okay, work on this, work on this. And then I can go off and do what I want. That's, that'd be really awesome. So that's kind of like the next, I think, small little milestone of like living life that I'm trying to get to. Yeah, that's a good one, man. I love that you mentioned the different aspects of travel. Cause that's how I like to do it myself. Like I can, I can get bougie and stay somewhere nice, yep. but like when I went to El Salvador for a surf trip, I stayed in like the crappiest <laughs> hotel. I came home. There was like a roach on my bed. I was like, Oh my God. Like that one though, that kind of like draws the line. You like mess where I sleep. Like then I get yeah. a little like weirded out. But it's, I had like it's a, a, it's a story though. Right. And like, yeah. I love stories. And I mean like that, I mean, not to quote like Donald Miller, but the stories are like the, the, like the life 
blood of all of us. Like, I mean, how many times have you gone to a, par- a party or even MDS? It's like, I, you know, like you listen to somebody's story, you're like, that is incredible. Yeah. That is an awesome story. And it's like that. Like I was in a bungalow and there's a cockroach <laughs> on my bed, but I had the best surfing ever, you know, yep. like, and it totally made it worth it. Like that, you yep. know, stories are amazing for that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, man. I love it. I love it, man. And then we went to uh, Nicaragua and stayed somewhere a little more, a little more nice, you know, yeah. and, and had the full treatment and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, I like, I like all the different aspects of it. I like to experience all everything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you though. Don't mess with where I sleep. I woke up. I thought I had a nightmare. I had a nightmare. It was one of those dreams where you think it's like real, like you're in yeah. the situation. And I thought the bug was like crawling up. <laughs> I like freaked out. I like woke up all my friends. I was like, it's back. It's back. And then, it, but it was just, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It was good times, man. Um, well, Mike, dude, it's been so much fun chatting with you, man. Before we, uh, before we go, I got a couple quick questions for you. Sure. Um, and then we'll wrap up. All right, man. All right. Okay. Um, let's see here. It looks like this is a quiz. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think sets a successful seller apart from an unsuccessful seller on Amazon? Um, that's a really good question. Um, someone that's willing to put in the time and the effort and the energy and also uses their resources. So, I mean, we all think that we can write like a perfect description or detail, you know, like bullets or whatever, but you know, like if you get too confident or you get too arrogant in that, you can kind of destroy yourself. So using your resources as in, you know, like reaching out to friends or even just doing the research yourself and then not thinking that this is like an instant millionaire business. Cause it's not like the harder you work, the more money you make. So I think that really sets the difference between like a successful and an unsuccessful seller is like hard work, using your resources, phoning a friend and, you know, putting in the time. Yeah, I agree, man. When you identify like what type of leverage you have and in those levers you can pull to make things move a little faster, like that's really where um, you can really scale your business effectively, man. I yeah. agree. Um, all right. What is, what is one piece of advice you hear in the business world that you do not agree with? Um, man, that's a tough, these are tough questions, dude. Uh, (laughs) let me think. I'm sure there's something you've heard and you're like, ah, that's bullshit. (laughs) Um, let me think. I mean, those, the gurus out there that stand behind Lamborghinis kind of bother me a lot. You know, like, oh, because um, you can make $10,000 a day with like one month's worth of work. Like, no, dude, that's bullshit. There's yeah. no fucking way unless you land a unicorn and win the product lottery, which is what I call like having a good product. You know, like when you have a killer product, like you won the product lottery. Yeah. And however you got there, you got there. But nine times out of 10, giving 10 grand to some dude standing in front of a Lamborghini, you're not going to win the product (laughs) lottery. Yeah. It's a bad idea. You're going to end up with a warehouse full of fidget spinners or something. Yeah. (laughs) It costs a lot less to rent a Lamborghini for the day than it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that, that's one thing where I'm like, this is, this is bullshit. Like no way. (laughs) Like no, like I, I just, ah, man, I just wish that people would like not fall for something like that. And that's what bothers me too. Is like, and that's, those are the people that I want to head off at the pass. Right. 
And it's like, no, 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 you don't need to spend ten thousand dollars. Just buy this art package for like ninety bucks, and yeah, you know, man. and I'll get you, I'll get you going, and then I will help you, you know, find the resources that you need to get get where you need to go. But don't pay that dude like ten grand, please don't. <laughs> right on, man. Right on. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We'll get uh, one more in here. Uh, what's one habit you're working on right now? Um. Hmm. I have a lot of things I'm trying to work on right now. So I think uh, for me, I don't know if it's a habit, more of a, uh, like a life balance kind of thing. Like uh, several years ago, I was probably like a lot of people in this industry and I, I would check email at night and I, you know, if there was something like 9 PM at night, I would like go to my computer and furiously try to fix it. And at some point I figured out like those 9 PM emails are like trying to like, get it an ASIN reinstated. It, it didn't do anything at that point versus doing it the next morning. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I've become very good at, um, like cutting off and like walking away. So at the end of the day, when I'm done, I'm done. I don't look at work email again. If I decide that I want to work later on, I will make that decision and then also make sure that I'm working on something that I enjoy. Right. So, on. Yeah. I think these days, I've kind of got that covered, but now I'm trying to blend um, a balance, which I hadn't had for a long time because I was so overwhelmed, which is a balance of spending time with family and friends, a balance of work and a balance on uh, mental health exercise and, you know, eating and cooking and things like that. And just enjoying like all three of those, making sure that everything yeah. I do is um enjoyable for me as best I can. I mean, we all have things that come up. We all have days, but my goal has been to make sure that those, those days that are awful, awful are few and farther in between. So yeah, just having that life balance, I, I would say is a habit or something that I'm trying to work on now. Like I've, I've got, a, I've got, I've actually, I've got a pretty good thing going. Um, gyms are still, well, gyms just out here, they're open, but you had to wear a mask until like yesterday or two days ago. So like, I haven't gone to the gym, but, um, when I was in Colorado, sadly, I, I got COVID actually in the middle of January and I was stuck there for like two weeks. And once I got better and once I got my breath back and once I got back out here, I've made sure that I, um, uh, I started walking and making sure I've got a, a Fitbit watch. So I made sure I've been doing 10,000 steps a day. So I'm at nice. like some crazy, I'm at like 120, I think my record right now is like 120 something days of 10,000 steps a day. Nice. So that, that's kind of the exercise. I mean, I'm not going to the gym. I'm not running. I'm a little, I'm getting a little older. So like my, my ankles and my knees aren't like being very favorable, but one thing I can do is still walk. So I make it a point every day to, um, walk. And actually lately I've been working that into my morning routine one, cause it's, it's been getting a lot harder, hotter out here. So I walk outdoors. Um, but yeah, I've been trying to get that 10,000 steps in a day and, um, yeah, I'm on like a 120 day streak or something like that. And it's been tough. I mean, seven days a week, 10,000 steps, you know, that means I got to go for at least an hour walk a day if I'm doing a lot of computer work that day. So I got to take an hour. Um, but that's when I do, uh, I listen to podcasts and audiobooks. That's when I did, that's where I do all that stuff. So even though I'm walking and exercising, I'm also doing some sort of mental building. Sometimes I just listen to music though, you know, like sometimes yeah. you got to detach. But yeah, most of the time it's like, I've got a podcast going, I'm listening to somebody's podcast, you know, especially mostly business stuff. So yeah, that man, was a long answer, my bad. <laughs> no, no, man, I think it's solid and it's something 
that people really need to listen to. Cause like, if I was going to say a piece of advice, I don't agree with in the business world, it's the whole like work harder thing, like work yeah. harder, work harder, work harder. Um, it's like, dude, I'll, I'll take a good night's sleep over working hard, like yeah. any day, because I'm yeah. going to be sharper, smarter, faster, you know, I'll, I'll outperform any guy who sleeps two hours a night or something right. like that. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, it's, it's hard a- work. Yeah. It's hard work, but you got to take breaks too. And you got to yeah. know where your limits are at. And like you said, like, don't, don't mess with my sleep. Same yeah. with me. <laughs> Make sure I get like eight hours of sleep or seven hours of sleep at night. I take vitamins, exercise, mental health. And, you know, I'm sure all of us started that way. Like we just work 16 hours a day and, you know, we are burned out by month four and, you know, like it's just at some point, I'm sure like if you haven't hit that point, you're going to, where you're like burned out and you're like, I got to take a step back here, but yeah. Yeah. And some people don't know, like that's their only option, right? Like they only think work harder and they're not exposed to this other stuff out here that can help them work smarter. Yep. Um, and still grow. And sometimes, well, usually it has a bit, a better impact than working harder. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think it's one of those things I heard someone say the other day, like what got you here won't necessarily get you where you want to go, you know, yeah. and like hard work got us this business, you know, like, but you know, when I started my business, I didn't, I wasn't married and I didn't have three kids. Right. Like, yeah. So now I've got to change it up and I got to work smarter. So I think it's important for people to hear that, especially from people on this podcast, because, hey, you're not just Mike, some guy on the podcast. You're Mike, the million dollar seller that's started multiple businesses and like has overcome COVID and overcome his place being flooded twice. (laughs) Like you're not just some some guy on the podcast. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I think it's important for people to see, hey, like you know, I don't have to drive myself into the ground. I can approach this a little differently and still achieve what I want. And I missed a good portion of my life, like making that mistake, you know, like I missed a lot of my late twenties and early thirties because I was like trying to design a new product or trying to, you know, figure out how to get Amazon to forgive me for something or, you know, like whatever you want to call it late nights, you know, I think, yeah, like I said, the four hour work week, um, two years ago, like kind of changed my life. Um, once I listened to it and even though like, it's not exactly, it just made me like realize, um, you know, like I got to make a change or I'm going to be dead before I'm like 40, you know, like I'm going to burn myself out and then I'm going to have a stroke or heart attack. Like something's got to change. So, um, and I, you know, like one important thing to kind of consider too, is like, if you've got a family, right. Like if you've got kids or like for me, like I don't have kids and I'm not married, and maybe the business was the the issue there, but I still have my parents and my parents were involved in my business. And at some point, like I took a step back and I was like, this is affecting them. You know, like yeah. my dad is stressed out for my business. My dad had to go to my shop on that Friday night at like 11 PM. It's like a 30 minute drive from where he lived. And he had to deal with everything. Cause I was stuck a thousand miles away in Vegas and he was there till three, four o'clock in the morning, dealing with the people trying to clean up the fire department. He went home, he slept for like two hours and then he had to go back. And I mean, I did everything I could. I couldn't get on a plane. I, we got on a plane at like seven the next morning. And so we got there around like nine, but 
you know, it's affected it, it, things like that can like, even though you, you may not even realize it, it's like it affects like people around you too, mm-hmm. you know, and it, you, you might want to start considering that um, when you're kind of like thinking about working these 16 hours day, 16 hour days, because it could be affecting somebody else. Like maybe you're not around or maybe you are, or maybe they're involved in your business too. And they're, you know, you're mentally bringing them down too. So I think, I, I really think, especially with entrepreneurs and where we're carrying all the liabilities, like a work-life balance is so important. Yep. You have to have that. And you, if you don't, like, man, the things that could happen and like, you know, the things that could, you could affect other people in a negative way, it's just kind of scary. And like, you, you just, you just don't want to see that. You don't, you don't yeah. ever want to get to that point. Uh yeah, man. Lots of word, <laughs> words of wisdom, Mike, man. I appreciate you sharing that with the audience. Um, hopefully it'll really resonate with someone and, and they'll, they'll make that change that they probably know they should. Um, awesome. but man, you know, thanks for coming on. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. Me and you a few years from now, you got the bar. I'm doing the surf lesson. Nice. <laughs> it's happening, man. Let's do it. Uh, I'm down. We can, uh, we can hang out with all of our friends in Puerto Rico that are uh, yes. out there and, you know, I'll get them drunk and you'll teach them how to surf, which probably isn't a yeah. good mix, but you teach <laughs> them how to we'll surf first. Way. Yeah. <laughs> you teach them how to surf first and then I'll get them drunk and we'll, yep. yeah, we'll be good. <laughs> and then we'll Mike, all decide man. on some like crazy business idea and then we'll be yes. back into the thick of things. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's going to happen for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. With all of us. <laughs> Yeah. Hey man, I'd appreciate, I appreciated being on. It was like, this is a lot of fun. I had a great time like talking to you too. And like, I, I, yeah, such a great time. So much fun. Yeah, me too, man. It's, it's been great chatting with you and I, I'm going to reach out about, uh, your, your print on demand stuff, man. I think that's super interesting and, and I want to get involved. So I'll be hitting you up about that. Right on. Uh, and for anyone else that's interested before we sign off, why don't you let them know where they can find that stuff again? If, if they are, uh, yeah, sure. Um, the, the, 3PL, like the personalization is 3plcustom.com. Um, that's for the part, like if you got a private label product and you want to get into personalization on it, that's where you would go. There's contact form on there. It goes um, into our system and we can reach out. The other kind of top, uh, the other kind of service we're starting is podinstant.com. Um, that's the thing where you can pretty much like start a print on demand business without, with little investment and get going and yeah, make, create passive income for yourself or maybe learn the ropes on how, you know, uh, how a business works. And, you know, you kind of have a interesting and reasonably, um, cheap way to get into business. So. Nice, man. Yeah. And I think that sounds great. So if any of you guys are interested in that, make sure you go check that out right now. Um, and I'm sure you'll get some good advice from Mike and his team and, and who knows where it'll take your business. Um, all right, Mike, thanks, man. It's been good chatting with you and I'll be talking to you soon, man. Thank you. Sounds good. Thank you, man. Are you a million dollar seller looking to network with like-minded entrepreneurs? Apply for membership now at milliondollarsellers.com. Leave us a review and subscribe now so you don't miss out on next week's episode.